0: You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. This episode is powered by Invest Ottawa. This is Naomi here, and in celebration of International Women's Week, I've teamed up with the Invest Ottawa team to bring to you this podcast series, which highlights leading women in Ottawa. This is the first episode.
1: You know, there's so many things now that I know I can equip my children with. When it comes to building wealth, you know, wealth creation and and passing it down to generations. And there's so many things that our parents, you know, they were in survival mode. I I say this quite often um, where they were in survival mode. They had to, you know, just kind of make it work and and take care of the family and provide what they have for us, which I have so much gratitude for that. And now I do my best to remember and remind those around me that we are in thriving mode. Okay. We are in a position to take what they have given us and just catapult it to levels that we can't even see. But we were promised abundance on this earth. We were promised that, okay, that is God's gift. No matter how much destruction we see around us, I do believe and know and hold faith that we are still able to find the abundance within.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Why. My name is Naomi and today I'm here with the incredible Paula Whitelock. Paula, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing really well. Thank you. So glad to be here.
0: (laughs) I'm really excited to, to chat with you on this very special series that we're doing in collaboration with Invest Ottawa. So for the audience, I'm going to provide a little bit of context on Paula's story and then we'll jump right in. So Paula Whitelock is a professional hairstylist and the owner of Curly Hair Designs. With over 15 years of experience, Paula has become synonymous with curly hair care in Ottawa. She recognized a need for stylists with her expertise. So in 2010, Curly Hair Designs opened their doors and welcomed their very first customer. Paula's passion for hairstyling and hair care combined with a love of teaching led to the Curls Understood Academy. This self-directed hair care program is for anyone who wants to pursue a natural hair care regimen at home or for hairstylists that want to grow their curly hair care knowledge. Whether beyond the chair or outside of the salon, Paula is passionate about building community, absolutely, and supporting her peers. She is currently mentoring new business owners through Invest Ottawa and also organizing with the Equal Chance Foundation, which is led by Gwen Madiba. And in 2019, Paula decided to pursue her passion for music, which we will definitely talk about today. And she launched under the name Paula C. Recently, she performed at the NAC with Nambi, formerly known as Rita Carter and The Rhythm. And Paula launched her debut single, Never Thought, on March 26th of last year in 2020. So Paula, welcome to The Power of Why. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yes, thank you again for having me. Let's get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you wanted to start and tell us a little bit about your origin story, you know, how you grew up, do you have siblings, and where did you grow up as well?
1: I am born and raised in Ottawa, uh, born at the Riverside Hospital, (laughs) and I have Caribbean parents. So my dad is from Jamaica. My mom is from Dominica, not the Republic. (laughs) Uh, That's still something that I clarify to this day because some um, don't know about, you know, how vast the Eastern Caribbean is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have an older sister and she uh, birthed my nephew almost six years ago now. He is my favorite little boy in the world and he knows it and I have always been interested in hair like from a very young age I was always playing hair playing with like scarves and making it look like I had hair like cutting Mm. off all the Barbie's hair like I was always invested in kind of beautification and um, growing up we had somebody who was in our family as our hairstylist and so i would just watch her over the years i would like put her shoes on because she always had these nice tall high heels so i got this very girly side from um from auntie gloria Mm. and i also was always very invested in music um from choirs you know to vocal class and all throughout high school and competitions like I did Ottawa Idol back in like 2006. Wow! <laughs> Ottawa Idol. Yes, Ottawa Idol I made it to like the second round, okay. uh, and I even like auditioned for Canadian Idol when I was 16. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> seems like a almost a lifetime ago now. Uh, but I have always been very creative, and growing up, my dad was he still is an artist he paints um predominantly like now he does a lot of oil paints but growing up it was always watercolor with killer whales um he did like felt pen with loons um it was always nature always wildlife and now he's kind of stepped into scenery and he's went back to animals but he's Mm -hmm. even growing in the types of animals he does so he did a lot of like lions and rhinos over the summer um and he would just be outside under our carport painting and then you know people passing by would just kind of come and ask questions so it's very social like me I definitely get that from him my sister also even has a knack for um with her hand she knits and she loves like crocheting mm-hmm. and things like that and then I have now taken on my mom's knack which is like cooking <laughs> oh, I <laughs> so I definitely yeah, have a touch of both of my parents running through me
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you mentioned, you know, growing up, you were always kind of I would say like curious by hair, style, art, creativity. And it was something that you had around you as well. And it seems and it sounds like it was encouraged in your family too. And so how did you get into hairstyling as a profession, for example? Like, did you go to school for this? What was your journey into, into the line of work that you do now?
1: I'm very blessed because my parents always supported my creativity. Uh, they never really questioned it or tried to shove like university um, down, you know, my my journey. Um, my mom may have asked once or twice, but you know, their other child did that. So <laughs> they had one university child, they had one college child, and so you know, as soon as I hit 13, I started to charge for hair. So I was doing hair like in my parents' basement, in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. I would yeah, I would basically charge like ten dollars or charge yeah. for like food you know like I started real small you know real humble (laughs) um but I was always the one in high school like braiding hair in the hallways at lunchtime like to the point where I'd be like the teacher like the bell would ring and we're not done so the teacher would be like you got to get back to class I'm like miss Okay. We're not done what we're doing here. You know, I kind of ran my high school. (laughs) They didn't tell me nothing. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it started very early. And then I started working in a salon um, for co-op when I was 15. So, So I will... The second salon I started at, because the first one I got, like, fired from, quote, unquote, <laughs> because you know what? They didn't like me playing in, in hair. They wanted me to fold towels and sweep the floor. Ah. And when I was all done that and I wanted to braid one of the employee's hairs, they didn't like that. So mm. they, they let me go. But it was all for good reason, because the next salon I was at, I stayed at off and on for about five years. So when I finished hair school, out of high school, I did small and medium enterprise management. And then I went right into hairstyling. And when I went to go for my license, I already had compiled all the hours, all the apprenticeship hours I needed. So I got to skip, um, I got to skip a, a pretty significant step. It allowed me to open my business very early on. So I opened the salon at 21 when I really didn't know anything about management, about finances, like anything that I learned in college, it didn't really resonate at that time. Um, I just knew that I had clientele and I was really good at what I did. Mm -hmm. So this has been quite the journey 11 years and I'm still always learning, still always seeking out continued education, especially as an educator. So important that, that I'm on top of the game. So it's, yeah, it's been quite a beautiful journey, but that's a little bit about how I got started into the hair realm.
0: Wow. I love that story of like being in your home and just having people over and doing hair and even being in the hallways too. I want to spend time with just having parents who are supportive around that because when you are encouraged in that way i feel like there's less of that burden that you carry as or any doubt for a matter of fact of am i supposed to be doing this second guessing yourself and so i think there's a lot to be said of you know households and parents who do encourage you to do that the way that you did and so young as well and so starting that business at 21 in ottawa What, like, can you walk us through what that, what that looked
1: like? Yeah, like having the parents that I do. Absolutely. Like, I feel so blessed. uh, Because I know a lot of people from African households and Caribbean households, and by all means, just households where excellence looks a certain way. Um, they cannot be supported in the creative ventures. And I think that one thing that people still don't recognize about the beauty industry is um, that we are six-figure earners and we actually are able to create a lot of sustainability as like a solo stylist. So there's a lot of things and misconceptions about the beauty industry that still reside. and And that's super unfortunate, but I think that things are going to continue to change. And the kids Mm -hmm. of this generation, like they don't have time. Like (laughs) they are not (laughs) listening to what you have to say or think they're going with their feelings and what they know is right for them. So I'm really um, proud and happy when I see kids that are like going for it, even though their parents don't necessarily understand, because one thing that I, believe to be true is that parents will always come around you know they created these children and and they will you know always find some love in their heart for them whether they get it right away or not now when I started the business I started off with a line of credit that my parents co-signed for me and I think that one thing that I talk about a lot is the money management part of things because it took me a long time you know to understand what that really looked like And in year 11, I've, you know, definitely solidified it a lot more, but it took me until maybe year seven to even recognize what that meant and what I wanted that to look like and that I could actually control that. Mm. And so they, they co-signed for me, but they didn't teach me about how to manage money. That was never a conversation of like, what are you going to actually do with this 20K? You know, so I was able to make it work and I was able to pay them back um, which I was so happy when when that happened. I'm so proud. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, there's so many things now that I know I can equip my children with when it comes to building wealth, you know, wealth creation yeah. and, and passing it down to generations. And even, you know, I was on a call earlier about um, life insurance and, you know, mm-hmm. how that works. And it's it's just, there's so many things that our parents, you know, they were in survival mode. I say this quite often, um, where they were in survival mode, they had to, you know, just kind of make it work and and take care of the family and provide what they have for us, which I have so much gratitude for that. And now I do my best to remember and remind those around me that we are in thriving mode, Right. okay? Right. We are in a position to take what they have given us and just catapult it to levels that we can't even see but we were promised abundance on this earth. We were promised that, okay, that is God's gift. No matter how much destruction we see around us, I do believe and know and hold faith that we are still able to find the abundance within all of the madness. So that's Mm -hmm. where my mind always goes. And I work very hard to to keep this as facts uh, rather than fiction. So, yeah, my parents support, my family support. I remember my aunt came down from New York um, for my first year anniversary. And, you know, so it's, it's been great to have that type of support and all the resources around me as well. Like, I definitely used Invest Ottawa when I began. I remember taking some like courses after I was done school and, and just getting, um, just getting prepped, you know, with all of the resources we do have around us. So, Yeah, a lot of things have have helped me get here and stay here.
0: (laughs) And then while you, you know, as you build, you mentioned that you are an educator. And so I'd love for you to spend a little bit of time. Actually, before we get into Curls Understood the Academy, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your focus on curly hair specifically in Ottawa and how you've been able to build a brand in this space when you were young and working for these different hair salons. were you? Did you know at that time that you wanted to focus on curly hair? Or like, what was
1: that evolution like? I had no idea. I didn't even recognize how many curly-haired clients we were working with when the transition came to rebrand the business. I was working with a business coach um, named Angela Sutcliffe, and um, I definitely... I definitely mention her name every time I am asked this because she helped me hone in onto my niche. I didn't realize that I loved curls so much. And I didn't realize that there was such a big need for people who did, you know, who have curly, kinky, coily and wavy hair types, you know, so it, uh, it has been such a beautiful evolution. I'm like, I can't imagine, like, I don't care. Not that I don't care about straight hair, <laughs> you know, I can still smooth it out. Like I, I can still hook it up. But the fact of the matter is, you can go to most any salon and get a straight hair service. So, being able to provide and being one of the few salons that is able to provide and focus solely on curls is really magical to me. It's very important to me. I wouldn't change it for the world, especially when I look at the kids that I get. Like, I love the fact that I start with, you know, little ones and The fact that we get even women that are well in their sixties and seventies coming into our chair, never having learned about their curls their entire life. You know, it's, I, I can't even explain the feeling some days we're so fulfilled. It's, it's like nothing else. Like I've never experienced this, you know, level of gratification in my industry in all the years that I've been in it. And when I worked for other companies and when I worked at that other salon would always be this like, Oh, somebody black walks in like, okay, like let's ask Paula what she, what she can do, (laughs) you know? And it's like, well, why don't you learn? You know, it's just hair. It's a hair type, you know, it's a curl type. Like let's learn about that. So that's where, you know, the side of education came in. When I was working with, with one of the larger companies, and I was hired on as a color educator, but I kept getting chosen to t- to talk about their curly hair care line that they had that wasn't really it at the time. Like it had a bunch of wax in it and it had ingredients in it that I would never use for my clients now. But they kept choosing me to be the one to educate <laughs> on, on this. And um, I used to go to Versailles, uh, Versailles Academy here in Ottawa to teach for the company. And eventually I just formed my own relationship with the director. And so I started to create my own contract to go in there and teach because the company was no longer fitting for me. I remember too, when they told me, well, you have to use only our line, you know, they wanted like the exclusivity. And I'm like, well, you don't have everything that my clients need. So there's no way I could exclusively use your line only. And that was kind of when I knew, okay, it's time for me to do my own thing. Right. Um, Yeah. So the education I've been educating for a number of years now, actually a flyer from like one of my classes in 2015 popped up the other day. I was like, wow, I have (laughs) been doing this for a long time. So Mm -hmm. curls understood the Academy was a very natural progression. Um, And you know, I'm on the side of finding the gratitude during the lockdown Especially the first one, because I had been thinking about how am I going to create this platform? And I would not have given myself the time if it wasn't for that time that was forced upon us. You know, I was very happy working behind the chair until I wasn't, you know, I was very tired, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, you know, working five to seven days a week. Sometimes I would do two week stretches with no days off. And so the lockdown helped me realign what really mattered, you know, it helped me implement a schedule that includes all of the things that I love and like to do, you know, like Saturdays, it's like, you know, in salon industry Tuesday to Saturday are your days. But on Saturdays I'm with my family, you know, I'm playing with my nephew in the snow, <laughs> you know, we're going to the beach and we're, we're swimming. So it's so different now. It's so, so different now. And um, by no means, I want to thank the lockdown because I know, for a lot of people that affect them in ways that are not like mine, um, but I want to sit in gratitude for being able to take that time and turn it into what I've been able to turn it into when it comes to starting to build the academy. And now with this second lockdown, it's given me even more time to do that. Um, I've been educating live classes um, once uh, every other week and I'm basically building the platform so that people can then go and purchase courses online, and the, you know the information's always readily available. So I I love doing the live classes because I like interaction and I love people, yeah. um, but I think that it's also very important to have residual income because I'm not able to comfortably depend on behind the chair income anymore. You know, it's just like look how quickly it was it was taken away. So it's important that you know I'm thinking about how what other ways can i create long-term uh long-term income and once again focus on the generational wealth um from now today so yeah it's been a wild process this last year and some months
0: yeah uh, and I, I love that journey just talking about wealth building as well because what you mentioned earlier about this surviving versus thriving uh, mentality and I too am so grateful of what you know my parents did coming from Ethiopia to be here and there's such a cool kind of opportunity and moment to learn together to be quite honest and figure out you know uh, learning about stocks for example and I studied finance in school and now the conversations are so rich and in-depth and you know you're starting to come into your own and so to, to be in this place where you are thinking about like free cash flow and just leveraging technology to, to do this in ways and reach people that you probably couldn't have reached if it was solely you know at your live classes in Ottawa. So what have been some of those you know proud moments that you've had over the past year specifically in taking Curls Understood fully online and like launching last year?
1: one of the proudest moments was my last class that i did a week and a half ago i had about 30 attendees in there and just hearing the feedback from those stylists that class specifically was for stylists because i do believe that it's not that stylists don't want to learn they just don't know where to find the the information especially here in canada Um, a lot of my knowledge has come from the states from my american colleagues and so when i noticed like okay we have the resource like we don't have the resources here per se so becoming that resource and seeing them just share you know along what we're doing it's been really cool to see that and um, today i just shared uh, my class that i'll be hosting tomorrow And, you know, getting people asking, like, is the class full? Can I still share this? And I put no cap on the class. It is a free class. And I just felt like I'm in a position to be able to give back right now. So let me hold two to three, might even be four free classes. And then that gives me the opportunity to also build um, just on my expertise and how I engage with the people that are on the other side of this and making sure I'm answering all the questions and things like this. Um, But I think that the, the best part for tomorrow's class, because it is for parents and children and being able to find somebody with different curl types so that everybody feels like they're a part of tomorrow's class you know it's like nobody's hair is the same no two heads are alike um, but there are definitely similarities so being able to have a silkier curl model as well as a kinkier coily um, curl model i think that's going to encompass everything about what we do because in this world it's very easy to look at people's skin tone and assume this, that, and a third about what type, what hair type they may have. You know, I think that it's really important for me to be a little bit blunt in these realities because when I am approached by people of other backgrounds and specifically white people, they don't necessarily know how to classify um, or that they don't even need to classify us by our skin tone or by our cultural background. We can actually, that is a, absolutely a factor, but let's actually address the curl type that's on the head first. And then we can talk about the stories of the client that's sitting in the chair that that comes with. Mm.
0: Wow. That is a, a very important discussion to have. And I think there is merit to being specific, you know, like what are we really talking about here? And so, you know, at the beginning of this call, you kind of mentioned the different curls itself. different curl types and so how in-depth are you going into these courses when you're working with hairstylists or when you're working with parents and their children
1: so in the classes it's basically like you're coming in for an appointment and when you come in for an appointment you know we want to know what you're using we want to know what your lifestyle is we want to know what you're willing to do and not do i think that the biggest misconception that we still you know, work through is the usage of oils on the hair. So we work with science, you know, we work with the facts of the matter and like oil and water, they don't mix. So <laughs> so when we break these types of things down, it is like really kind of revolutionary for those clients. And when we simplify things, because, you know, growing up, it's like, it needs to take all day to wash our hair, but no, it doesn't. Nobody has all day to wash their hair. So that's not it. Like, I'm not recommending people spend a full day, let's get it down to two hours, you know, three hour process, like, how do we help you actually enjoy the process of doing your hair, as opposed to just kind of doing the habitual movements with our hair, when the hair is, looking or feeling dry when the scalp is dehydrated it will tell you because you will get flakes or your scalp will start to itch you and what we have been shown in the past is let's just put some product on it and act like it's not really happening but really what your hair and your scalp is asking you to do is to address it and give it what it needs because the only way to really hydrate the hair is with hydration which is water Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of these types of facts that we help our clients understand. And really it's about creating a routine that works for the lifestyle and encouraging people to enjoy once again the process because you know we were given this hair for a reason and I just believe there were no mistakes in in the hair type that was chosen for us so like let's get to know ourselves a little bit more it's like my locks like when I when I relatch the roots that for me is a form of self-care and a form of self-love I think that it's important to remember our scalp is skin you know we, we really do separate the hair from the scalp itself, rather, from the hair, and then the hair itself from the rest of the body. So it needs a specific level of care, specific level of attention, and does need a lot of things from us. If we understand what it needs, then it's much easier to give it those things.
0: Hey there. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, make sure to share it with a friend, take a screenshot, spread the word. It really allows me to bring on more incredible guests as we continue to level up in the podcasting space. Mm -hmm. And you talked uh, earlier before we cut off around this belief growing up that it takes a full day to kind of do your hair or wash your hair or go through that whole process so can you talk a little bit about that as well
1: well growing up for me it was like we had the olive oil the egg and the mayo treatment and we would sit outside in the backyard like a little salad you know <laughs> 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 girl you know and it wasn't (laughs) the nicest smell and I don't know what it did for the hair but now I know it didn't really do nothing because (laughs) hair has a, a specific molecular weight and size oil egg like it does not it doesn't do it like it's it's a larger molecular weight and size than our actual hair needs so I love working with specific product lines that have done the work for me in the lab that have already broken down that product so that it is able to penetrate the hair. So, you know, in Ottawa, I love Frizé Frizé. you know, my twins, my twin sisters make that product. And I love Earth Tones Naturals, um, which is based out of Ajax. I love the fact that I have Black-owned Canadian companies in my salon And then I also have our own salon-branded Curly hair Designs Leave-In Coconut Milk Conditioner. So we've done the work in the lab to break things down so that it can penetrate. So it's not to say that oils don't have their place, but if it's not broken down, then it's only going to sit on the cuticle. It won't penetrate through that cuticle. So I think, you know, we only do what we can with the knowledge that we have. But now we have so much more knowledge and we have so much more product lines out there that are more so invested in what our hair needs but mm-hmm. it still is up to us to discern like how do i use this actual product and that's where i come in that's where colleagues like you know, like mine come in where we're able to help you learn how to because you can have any great product in the world but if you don't know how to use it then right. mm-hmm. it's another
0: story right mm-hmm. Paula, before we head into some of like your wellness practices right now and how you've, I'm really fascinated because you mentioned earlier about you know not working five to seven days a week now and what those transitions have looked like. I'm really curious about Carl's understood like what was your creation process, the stuff that we don't see online. You know, like what was your personal creation process in bringing this to life, and. The reason I ask this is because you obviously have a very unique and rich experience in this space. And the idea of creating an education or mentorship program, I think is something that is probably like requested a lot from you and you've been doing it for a long time, right? You know, people want to learn from you and then you also wanting to do that in a sustainable way. So, and in a way that feels good. So can you talk about what the creation process was like? And then we'll head into kind of like your new wellness practices as well.
1: Well, during the lockdown, I actually provided a four week program for youth. Um, I had girls in between age 13 and 18, and we would meet every week for two hours, and we would like physically go through the process you know i would had them come to the class with their hair wet so that we could you know i could teach them how to apply product in the way um that you know that i was able to show them and so that was such a beautiful experience like i love working with youth so much you know that you know they're our future the more we align them with information the more they're able to you know just kind of love on themselves and I think that I know for myself, I wasn't taught that from an early age and stage. It it has taken my adult years to really solidify what that looks like. After I did that, I was like, okay, I could do this forever, but I can't do this forever energy wise, because Mm -hmm. it does take a lot to pour that out. And especially on top of a work schedule, on top of a home life schedule, on top of, on top of, on top of. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I... I actually was working with Invest Ottawa with um, their digital main street media team. And we started to talk about um, modules, creating like, you know, like eight modules and, and you know, doing all those recordings. And then they're like, well, you know, you could upgrade your phone so you could have a better camera and then you could do all that recording yourself and then just send it in for editing. And so they were able to really redirect my thoughts around creating this module platform. And then when I offered my first class the other day, under the Academy, I was like, you know what? I really like the idea of doing live classes and then just hosting that on a platform Um, as Mm -hmm. opposed to doing all this pre-recording and then like, you know, editing it and putting it out there. I like live stuff. Like I love this interaction because it's in real time. I don't really, I'm not really as invested in like, let's make it sound a certain way. I'm like, this is how it sounds, you Mm -hmm. know? So I love that I was able to kind of come to that um, understanding that this is what works for me. and I don't need to do it any other way than what works for me Um, I think it's easy to look at our colleagues and and see people that are kind of in a space that we would like to go but we have to remember that nothing has been done yet if it hasn't been done by us like the same thing has been done a million times over but if it has not been done by us then it hasn't been done yet so once Mm. I was able to yes so once I was able to understand that I'm like okay let me see what works for me and so yeah I was able to find out like you know i even uh, you know the the platform that i do my website through like i did that all I'm on my own. And then I had somebody copy edit that. Um, thank you, Marlene of Kila Media. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> she gave me a bunch of corrections. <laughs> you know, because we're we, we are not meant to do everything on our own. Right. You know, we are meant to do things within our communities and, and get that, you know, that extra insight whenever we can from people that make sense around us to get that from. So I've been so grateful to be supported um, by the community in that respect. Um, so yeah, that's a little little bit about how I kind of got through and have have gotten to where I'm at now with with uh, the academy process.
0: Beautiful. I love to hear that. And this was in a kind of in another conversation where you talked about working, you know, these longer hours and wanting to build something that works for this stage of your life and the way that you want to grow personally in your business and in your career. And so can you talk about some of those boundaries that you've created, you know, wellness practices and what that's looked like over the past while.
1: So when I came back from, when we came back from the first lockdown in July, well, first of all, when they told us that we could go back on June 15th, I didn't know who they were talking to. Okay. They weren't talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember it was like a Monday. They said we could go back for a Friday and I was mentally not prepared to go back you know, we had been in four months of, you know, being in a specific mode. I was nowhere near ready mentally to go back and get back into um, that work mode because I hadn't really figured out what I wanted it to look like yet. And also having a stylist that has kids and had to plan for childcare and and like all of those types of arrangements, I was like, this is not it. I remember I had a cottage um, lined up for the first week of July. Before I went to that cottage, I have a friend who has a lake house. So I actually went there um, before because I knew the cottage um, was, was it was more energy than just myself. It was, mm-hmm. you know, my, my best friend's family. And I knew that I wasn't necessarily prepared for that. I'm quite sensitive. And when, you know, you're in situations that are unpredictable, you have to like you know, like I myself have to gear myself up to be in certain spaces when the energy is unknown, especially being so sensitive, um, coming off of, you know, seeing our Black people be murdered time and time again. And I was very wary of being in spaces with new people, and new people specifically whom are white, who may not be able to understand in the same mm-hmm. way that I needed to be understood around these types of things that ail myself and our black community. So it was a very challenging time emotionally, you know, for all of us in June and, you know, July and even till till now. But I remember just being like, it's not it. I'm not able to go back. So I went to a friend's lake house and I started to write out the email to my clients letting them know about the price increase that needed to happen, as well as the new hours that I was implementing. And the amount of scarcity that I had around sending that email was extremely high because I had been used to working and not really receiving what or what my time is valued at now. So it was, it was really emotional. It was more than just like a, an email. A price increase and sending this right. email. Like it was so much because my clients have, a lot of them have become like family, but I also knew that if I wanted to sustain the business and sustain- Um, you know, my livelihood, I needed to make the changes I had to make. I remember sending the email and then I went and I just jumped in the lake because it was like a release. Water for me is a big release and Scorpio, you know, it's a water sign. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll never forget that feeling. And then I remember one of the emails I received back, it wasn't nice. It wasn't kind. And it really made me think like, did I make the right decision? Like, did I do the right thing? And then I remember when we opened up the books for people to book again, we started to see all these new clients roll in.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. A lot of new clients started to roll in. Like Real was fully booked for weeks out. I was fully booked for weeks out with new clients. And um, I remember some of my current clientele not necessarily being able to um, come back with how I had reformulated things but if they sent me an email and said hey you know I'm not able at this new price I was able to say you know what come back in one last time at you know what it was at and and we'll go from there. So I I think there's something to be said about being vulnerable and being honest because it it can take you a lot further than you may think. So July was a lot. (laughs) July was a lot but Now, I just can't imagine not having set those boundaries for myself and being able to go back with a three-day work week and be able to sustain the business in the way that we have, it really just proved to myself how important my boundaries are, how important my family is to me. I've missed so many events, you know, Saturdays, you know, I've been working Saturdays for my entire career. So the amount of birthday parties of the kids and random barbecues, like I've missed so many of those events. And I was just so not willing to put myself in that position anymore. Once I realized, wait, I actually do have the power to control how I work and what it looks like. So the three-day work week has been like amazing. And what it actually allows is time for a, an admin day, you know, cause sometimes like most of the times there's one day of the week where I'm doing admin or I'm doing phone calls or, you know, I'm doing catch-ups, we're doing calls like this, you know, cause when you're working in the business, you cannot work on the business, you know? Right. And that's one of those things with entrepreneurship that, doesn't that isn't necessarily recognized until you get into it especially when you start a business where your hands are in you have Mm -hmm. to dedicate one day to actually working on the business and i do not want it to be on a weekend because sundays are my self-care days where usually like I'm not really tuned into my phone. You know, I might like stop into the families. Like I want to do, you know, woman of color yoga unity at six, six o'clock, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they've been like such a godsend. Um, I know you see you in there um, these, these days. So it's just, you know, there's things that we were never taught and we didn't see our parents do. We didn't see them invest in self-care and, and in self-compassion. We just saw them kind of go, go, go and, and work, work, work. So, you know, as I recognize that, okay, I want to create a family, I want it to look different than it did for me. And it's never about shaming or faulting our parents. You know, they did yeah. everything that they could do. I just know that now that I have more information, I have more, more knowledge, I'm able to make different decisions from a place of abundance and from thriving as opposed to having to get by and, and just just needing to figure it like it out. I mm-hmm. can take the time to figure it out. You know, that's why it has taken all this time for me to start the academy. I needed the time that I took to figure out what do I really want it to look like? What's the intention behind this? And et cetera, et cetera. So I think I answered a majority of the question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, went, you went above and beyond. <laughs> I wanted to know also, like, would you say that that was one of the best decisions that you've made of setting those boundaries?
1: Absolutely. I think that growing up in a Caribbean household, you know, there's a lot of people in African households, there's a lot of people that can relate to kids not necessarily being seen, being seen, but not heard type of thing. And um, so, you know, we weren't even allowed to establish boundaries. And the example that I always use is when you force that child to go hug that stranger who may be an aunt or an uncle that they're meeting for the first time, but they're still a stranger. okay? Okay. And so it's like, if my kid doesn't want to hug you, it's like- you need to like back off, you know, because they're asserting their boundaries. And at young ages and stages, we take those boundaries away from these kids. Mm. And then we go into adults that now have to reform a ton of boundaries because we didn't even know what it looked like to set one in the first place you know so dang (laughs) yeah yeah like that's a big one for me like even my nephew there's times I'm leaving and he doesn't want to hug me because he doesn't want to see me go it's not that he doesn't want to hug me he just knows that a hug confirms that I'm leaving the house you know so I'm like I'm not going to take it personal anymore like if he doesn't want to hug me when I'm leaving that's fine I'll hug him next time I see him you know so just the smallest of things I think we, we can definitely pay a little bit more attention to so that we're passing on healthier habits to the kids that are, you know, coming into this world now. Because we're in a world of like so much like social media. It's like they don't even know where to turn their head, you know? Like, my goodness, it's, it's a lot of information coming to them. But at the end of the day, they're still going to look to their parents. They're still going to look to the elders around them in their immediate circle for these kind of answers. And I think it's important for us to remember it's okay not to know. It's okay to say to a child, you know what? I don't know, but let's figure it out together. Because kids are looking at us thinking we have it together. What does that even look like? Yeah. Like, what does that even look like to have it all together? Like, that doesn't even look like anything. That's going to look like something different for everybody. So I just believe so strongly in, in showing our children what vulnerability looks like, what transparency looks like, you know, what um, not being right all the time looks like, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: success can look like what abundance can look like all of these things so beautiful Paula I would I would be remiss if I didn't talk about and bring up your music so maybe we can spend this last portion of our conversation talking a little bit about you know what role music has played in your life how did you step into and walk into Paula C yeah please please take it away
1: I feel, I feel so free. When I sing and when I move my feet, something's inside of me. I must release, I must release. So I sang that because that's exactly where I'm at. You know, I Mm -hmm. have this sense of freedom that flows in my body. And it's not like, was just given to me. I've, I've had to seek it out over the years. You know, I've chosen to seek it out over the years and therefore more comes my way, you know, because yeah. law of attraction is just that, you know, what we think it becomes, you know, those become things. So what are we saying about ourselves? How, how are we, what are we thinking about ourselves? And I think we need to check in as often as possible. So the music allows me to check in into my spiritual realm a lot, just just differently not more or less just it's just different I think that honoring the fact that I am a creative being I'm a spiritual being that's like living a human experience which I'm so grateful for and I love it so much but it has taken me time to release the shame and the fear and the guilt that I literally burn in the music video for Queen's Dream (laughs) (laughs) you know like we hang on to a lot of stories and we hold that energy and those experiences in our body, sometimes for a lifetime. And as I work on those types of practices in my life on a regular basis, I'm constantly seeking release. I'm. Th- this is why practices are just that. Like we have to practice these things every day. It's not like I can wake up once a month and do yoga and then I'm going to feel like that, that feeling that I get from it when I do it weekly or daily. Creation of music is is just I feel like we were all gifted with things and we we must share them we must share them they were God's gifts so he put them in our body for a reason and as scary as it can be, the feeling of you know completing a project is like oh, you know, one's the next one, you know? Yeah. And this is why artists continue to create. This is why there's always a project. This is why you're, what, year three of your podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh. You know, <laughs> like, there's a feeling around that. There's an energy that it, it, you can barely explain it. But when you're in the moment and when you're doing it, like you feel it and you know why. And it just makes sense. And, you know, the more we step into those feelings in our body, the easier it is to, to know that, you know what? I like this feeling or I don't like this feeling. So let me continue this or let me stop this, you know, because I could change my mind at any given point in time. But if I ever tried to talk myself out of doing music, it wouldn't feel good. You Mm -hmm. know, it feels much better to create. It feels much better to know that I'm going to be at the studio, you know, the Real House of Ensemble, they're um, located downtown. And it's like going into that creative space, just being in that energy. It's like, Oh, what a feeling, what a feeling. We have so many creative hubs in our city and I just encourage everybody to take advantage and find these yeah. places. Like even online platforms can be such a great place to just network and get to know people that are like invested in the same things that you are. Mm-hmm. So the music, um, another person I always bring up with music is Nambi because I, I hadn't been writing for like a probably almost 10 years before she came around i had been like you know kind of doing my voice notes here and there humming a tune here and there um and i had always done i'd always gotten onto stage at least once a year you know from like the age of 13. i love like the performance side of it but it was covers it was always covering other people's music and when i met this woman and i recognized wow this industry goes deep, like you, mm-hmm. as a songwriter, like forget being a singer or a performer, but the songwriting aspect of it really struck me and it encouraged me to get back into that practice, you know, cause creativity is also a practice, which right. I think that I've, I've come to understand and appreciate a lot more than I used to. I used to think it was more of a chore to have to rehearse and have to go over the same thing over and over again, but it's a practice like anything else. And so she just showed me a whole new realm of music, of the music side, especially the scene in Ottawa that I didn't even know existed. Like we have so much talent here, (laughs) so much talent. Like I miss being at the front Stay like like the front you know row of a stage I, I miss it so much because I'm like a groupie okay when I love an artist like <laughs> I'm at every show I'm front row you are gonna see me like singing along like <laughs> you know so being able to have people that now sing along to my music oh my god like, it's <laughs> like wow 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 like thank god I stepped into it yeah. Mm. And it's never too late, you know. I think sometimes we're like thinking you're past a certain age and you can't do it or it's going to look funny if you're starting that like no. It's never too late. I've clients that sit in my chair that are like 60 studying for their masters, you know. So, I just there's just so many stories of like when people are like why 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 you? It's like why not? Why right. why not, me? <laughs> you know? So yeah, the music is just another form of expression, it's another form of freedom and asserting beautiful being that we are and asserting the abundance of talents that we're allowed to express while we're here on earth
0: Mm. there Mm. was in our last conversation paula if you don't mind me can i read it i actually wrote down what you told me about what music offered you um, so you said that music helps me connect to the inner child that always knew she loved performance, the girl who knew her words meant enough to be said out loud. It helps me connect to the shadow that told me to be scared and think twice before I be who I was placed on this earth to be. And so you said that last time, and I wrote it down, and I was I, I was wondering, if you, <laughs> when you hear that back, what does it... Like what feelings came up?
1: Mm, it makes me kind of like warms my throat. And um, and then I feel like tears kind of well up because, because the inner child work and the shadow work, which I, I kind of place hand in hand, you know, there were so many things. And especially for those people who grew up in households that were told not to explore their creative side, you know, I, I had the opposite effect, but... Um, There were other things that didn't get nourished as that, as that child um, that I am so invested in, you know, kind of giving myself today and giving my nephew, you know, yeah. and even giving my parents, you know, they're like, who are you <laughs> coming up in the house with my, with my new age stuff, you know? <laughs> So it just is that constant reminder of it's important for me to be friends with the child and be friends with the shadow as opposed to shunning it for existing. You know, it's gotten me to where I'm at now and it allows me to be the person that I needed at those ages. Shadows started to creep, over the light you know around 12s and 13s and 14s and you know even eights when things started to happen in circumstances that I was placed in that you know really shouldn't have happened to a child Um, but they did and it allows me to to give myself those feelings of being nurtured that my parents may not have been able to pass along or, you know, those within the community may not have been able to pass along. And more importantly, I wasn't able to pass along to myself. So a lot of the time we do this outward look for those feelings. And especially with any creative experience, I'm making music and I want to know what you think. You know, I want to know how it makes you feel. But at the same time, it's more important that I know how it makes me feel. You know, mm. that matters more than how it makes somebody else feel. Because I know if it feels good for me, then it will in turn feel good for somebody else. But if it doesn't feel good for me, then that energy is what's going to resonate out of that creation. It's so important that we check in with ourself first. And sometimes we need to meditate on that in silence with ourself and with God before we let it, you know, kind of get out there into the world. And the more clear we are with ourselves, the more, you know, easily we're able to hear what that answer is. Mm.
0: Hmm. I think we both had that exhale, um, yeah, because we covered a lot today, and I want to thank you for being here with me, and being present, and just sharing, you know, what it was like growing up as Paula, and that it took a lot of steps to get to where you are today, right, like sometimes we see this, we see Paula today, or we see individuals today, and we're like, dang like did she was it always like this and to to hear the journey from your perspective was I learned so much I learned so much and um thank you thanks for showing up because in that in watching people be themselves and who they who they are who they know themselves to be I think it also free like it frees me to to just show up as as myself Right. So it's not enough, I don't think, to talk about these things, but it's like, how are you living it?
1: Well, you know, we both know Gwen and she always says, like, we are, you know, works in progress. That's one thing. She says it in a different way. I can't quite remember the exact words, but, oh, we are humans becoming. Mm -hmm. You know, we are humans becoming. So that means every single day we get to wake up and open our eyes and choose how do i want to present myself in the world today how do i want to view the world today you know am i willing to give myself permission to operate at higher levels of power you know give ourselves permission not seek permission from outside of ourselves but give ourselves permission to operate from higher levels you know so those are some things that i i definitely and yes it has taken a lifetime to to get to this space where I'm able to like speak with this type of ease around, you know, my spirituality and how that has Mm -hmm. impacted who I am today. And I also know I have a lifetime to go. I'm just so grateful that that this is what i get to do while i'm here on this earth so i don't want to take that for granted any longer and that allows me to you know just be as present as i am able to be and i thank you for allowing me to be present for creating this space you know for me to remember like damn i've come a long way mm. you know i'm giving myself chills you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you It was for an being honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for listening as well and tuning into this episode Yay. of The Power of Why. <laughs> and we'll catch you in the next one. You can find the show notes at www.naomihiley.com. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to The Power of Why on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode was powered by Invest Ottawa and their 2021 International Women's Week initiative. To learn more about the week and how you can get involved, visit www.investottawa.ca forward slash IWW.